Hello and welcome to the Pinch Magic Podcast with me, Rebecca Anuwin. So today I have another, well, I was about to say very tasty guest then. <laughs> and of course she is beautiful, but I mean, we are talking flavours today. And uh, we are joined by Julia Helena Hadras. What an introduction. She blends uh, witchcraft, mixology and astrology. So we are going to have a very delicious conversation, I believe, today. Hey, Julia. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm, I love that opening. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> Leading in with the tastiness. So tell yeah. us, where did this blend uh, of all things magical, like the witchcraft, the magic, the mixology, the astrology, where did that become like really key part in your life? Were you one of those little kids that were like always making potions in, in their garden or is this something that developed later on for you? You know, I think it's both. I mean, obviously as a kid, you know, going out and like, you know, with the rocks and muddling different, you know, fresh uh, tree pieces you know, <laughs> I find on the ground. Um, but you know, also, but you know, I grew up, I think like many of us, you know, in a Christian family. So I didn't even know that people like practiced mm. witchcraft. So it really kind of came together, um, when I was a teen and, um, I, you know, started going to my local witch shop, you know, I found that. And then when I got into bartending, I was like, well, I mix all these herbs for candle magic, for candle dressings or for incense. If they're edible, why couldn't I put them into a cocktail? So that's really how that came together. <laughs> yeah. And so was was that just like a, like a really obvious transition and straight away you were like, oh, let me research like the, the different alcohols and the, the history. Or was it just like trial and error? Like, oh, I think this would be quite nice with some time in it. I mean, what, how did that evolve for you? Yeah, it was actually kind of immediate. I mean, honestly, like when I was trying out bartending, it was mainly just to have a little bit better side income while I was finishing college, you know? Mm. Um, so I didn't really expect it to be anything, but I, you know, got into it and I was like, oh my God, I love this. You know, all these herbal liqueurs, like, you know, or putting fresh rosemary or, you know, in a Moscow mule, you add ginger, which is just like so empowering. I'm like, why couldn't I just mix this all into a magical potion? Um, whether or not it has alcohol, you know, the same mm. thing. But then I also, you know, uncovered that basically uh, all the little pieces of modern mixology do stem from ancient witchcraft practices um, and, and spiritual practice and, you know, the local healers and stuff. So it was kind of cool to like find that connection. Oh, tell us more about that. Finding yeah. the connection between like mixology and going back further to like the, the yes. origin, well, maybe not the origins, but you know, <laughs> the history of it. Yeah, I mean, even just be before getting into like some specific examples, because I just did a presentation on this this weekend, so I can get like really nerdy. Um, oh, nerd but, us away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, even just the process of fermentation, whether you're drinking, you know, kombucha or um, having a shrub, which doesn't have to have alcohol or a beer or wine, it's already a magical process. It's a process of death and transformation. So, mm. you know, fruit falls from a tree on the ground and it slowly starts to spoil a yeast is introduced that converts the sugars into alcohol. And so kind of that plant spirit or that ingredient going through that transformation to become something a little different. So even just, you know, especially in the process of fermentation, it's really magical. Mm. But going back into like history, we can like look at ancient Sumeria. They had a beer goddess who's named Nkasi. And she wasn't just, you know... A, 
proceeding over or presiding over the process of making this beer, she was believed to be in every drop of beer. You know, it was really sacred to them that taking the fruits of their harvest, they had a chant that they would uh, sing while they were making the beer, you know, so, and they would use it to connect to their, their deities. Um, and there's examples across really the globe. Every culture had their own um, alcohol, their own form of fermentation that they would use um, to connect to spirit and spiritual energy. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, and even just bitters, you know, what are bitters? Bitters are tinctures, you know, very similar to the same tinctures you could make and put under your tongue, you know, a couple of days or a couple times a week. So what, okay, stop there a second. What yeah. are bitters? I've heard yeah. of like, is it Agnes <laughs> bitters or something? Something like that. And, but I've never used them. What What are yeah. they? Yeah. So actually, I think you may be talking about Angostura bitters, which is yeah. a fascinating story around that, which I'll share. But um, yeah, bitters are basically just high proof, you know, infusions of a certain ingredient. So usually if you are going, you can infuse any alcohol. So if you have specific, you know, spirits you want to work with, um, in mixology or specific energies, you can always infuse your vodka, rum, whatever it is with that ingredient. But bitters have to be done with a really high proof spirit. So something like Everclear, although you're in the UK, I'm not sure what the highest proof spirit you can get there is. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> oh, like in Poland, you know, my family's Polish and my dad, like, you know, would like bring over some illegal stuff when I was younger that's not allowed in the US. So I was like, you know, wasn't sure. But in the US, we have limitations. So we have to kind of use something like Everclear in order to get that really high proof infusion. And it has this, um, you know, just the condensed flavor of that ingredient and also for mm. preserving you know the herbal powers um, and, and kind of used as a medicine so but then you know you add it to a cocktail and sometimes there's more nuanced processes to making bitters for cocktails but it's a really cool way to add a little touch of magic or you know plant energy um, into any drink really yeah so do you make your own bitters then yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's so easy and it's why not? And it's also so magical, you know, it takes at least 30 days. So you can do it with the cycles of the moon Ooh, if you're yeah. tapping into a lunar energy. Um, and it's something that when you create them, you can take a few drops daily just as a medicinal and magical thing, or like I said, adding them to a cocktail. So it's it's easy and it's just super magical to to work with that and connect to that energy. And we often use alcohol and witchcraft anyway to preserve, you know, astrologically charged waters or things like flower essences. Flower essences yeah. So it's just like a, a way to do it intentionally and engage with also the, the spirit and meaning of alcohol. So the bitters intensify the like whatever it is that that you're preserving is that correct yeah it's yes from a flavor perspective mm. it is really pronounced so it's like yeah. you know because it's a high proof alcohol and you know depending on if you're using dried or fresh ingredients you know like if it's dried ingredient it might be a little more bitter you know which is any bitters from <laughs> um you know but it just it's really like a very intense pact of flavor and just one drop yeah. um, from the flavor perspective you get this really intense pronounced expression of that ingredient that must be um pretty magical to like brew your own little potions for 30 days yes. knowing that you're intensifying yeah you know the properties of that that plant that <laughs> herb that you're working with 
Yeah, yeah, it's so magical, and uh, it's such a beautiful process, really. Mm. So, how do we? How do you go from? Oh, I'm going to have a little side gig at the bar, <laughs> you know, as many of us did, working yeah. alongside that, to to going. Oh, I think I'll add a little bit of herbs. To then yeah. working with like, was it the moon cycles that came first? Was it astrology that came first? What, what was it that came? Because most of your books have been your modern witchcraft for astrology, witchcraft cocktails, and moon mixology. Is it? So yeah, I mean, moon there's, magic there's, mixology. Yeah. So there's <laughs> clear a clear theme there. So how do we go yeah. from just you know from that going? Oh yeah, herbs that would be nice. That's a bit witchy. Yeah. Into going. Oh, hang on a minute. Let me bring in the energies of the celestial bodies. Yeah, uh, feel free to interrupt me at any time because I'm sure I can like go into like this whole bi- you know autobiography. <laughs> I don't want to like take. Oh, we whole... love that. Okay, okay. I was like, I don't want to like take up this whole segment of time. Um, I mean, basically, when I got into witchcraft, I wasn't of legal drinking age in the U.S. You know, mm-hmm. so I like I said, I went to my local witch shop, started taking classes there, and ended up working behind the counter before I was of legal age. So I was helping people. Um, you know pick out specific um, I mean working at a metaphysical store is just so magical because people come in and you get to help them you know choose a spell or choose a stone or a book that's just going to help them in their spiritual and magical journey so that was just an amazing process Mm. in itself Um, but at that point I was already you know working with stones Um, we were doing you know herb blends and mists and oils um, you know, the, the candle magic aspect. And also, you know, I was doing energy work. So I ended up getting certified in Reiki. I was doing crystal healing. Um, and I was also, you know, researching a, a few different shamanic paths. Um, and so when I got into bartending, you know, a few years down the road, I was like basically working as an energy worker, you know, by day and then go and bartend. And in the evening or actually on the weekends, um, we would, I would specifically like when I finally landed at a bar, because in the in the Bay Area of the U.S., you've got to like work multiple jobs at once. So I was like energy work bartender, also working at a distillery. And so <laughs> on the yeah, nice. I know it's like it's it's, it's a lot, uh, but you know I don't live in the Bay Area anymore for that reason, so I can like have you know one or two jobs and be okay. Um, but on the weekends, uh, I was putting together these special cocktail recipes for different astrological events or for the Sabbaths, you know, mm. like the fall autumnal equinox was coming up. And then we'd bring in a tarot reader who would be doing the readings and I would be presenting these, you know, magical cocktails for the, you know, Mercury retrograde or whatever it may be. So it was uh, such a magical time, but obviously this was also like years ago and it wasn't quite popular yet. So I was Mm. typing it up on my blog. It wasn't gaining a lot of traction, but eventually it paid off. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So when you're looking at, I don't know, working with the seasons Let's let's start with the seasons. Let's let's start yeah. wide and come in. So when you're looking working with the seasons, what kind of things are you looking to do to create a a drink? I'm assuming it's a drink, but you know, it could be kind of any kind of potions um that honor that that transitional time. So you yes. so pick a season and tell us how you would have worked with that just to give us a, a flavor yeah. of like your process. 
Yeah. So like, let's talk about like spring, you know, so there's a few ways, few ways to look at it. And this is really where, you know, you talked about like taste, you know, for the opening there. I really <laughs> believe that our magic is unique as our flavor preferences, as our taste preferences, right? Being behind the bar, you get familiar with how everyone likes a different, you know, flavor, flavor balance. So it's kind of looking at a few things, you know, knowing what you personally like, um, but also, you know, spring, we have airy season in the Northern hemisphere, you know, so do you want to tap in to that fiery go-getter, you know, energy, or just, you know, have a more calm and renewal entry into spring. And it's like working with spring, we're thinking about rebirth, right? So, um, if you're vegan, it might not work so well, but like eggs, you know, mm -hmm. egg cocktails, egg white, um, floral ingredients, violets, you know, you can make a violet syrup, or if you have, you know, violets where you're living, add fresh ones into your drink, um, you know, lemon, there's that cleansing, brightening ingredient, mm. um, you know, rose, either rose water, or, you know, you can do a rose liqueur. Um, things like rosemary too, because that's just so cleansing, um, lavender. I mean, it just depends on what's in season where you are, but really leaning into those floral aspects, um, where I used to be before I moved <laughs> a couple of years ago to a different state is, you know, we'd have this beautiful French lavender that just, you know, usually lavender can be in the summer, but this French lavender would just spring up right with the turn of the seasons to spring and we'd get a nice long season so I'd always love to put that lavender with a little bit of honey you know because we also have beehives so uh, it sounds super magical now that I'm talking about it but <laughs> so yeah. okay talk talk me through that process are you yeah. just infusing the lavender in the honey or are you infusing the lavender in the honey in a cocktail both. Both. So, uh, yeah, that's where the experimentation part mm. comes in. And this is more of like me as a mixologist, you know, for the everyday person, probably just adding the fresh ingredient and starting there. And that way, when you do that, you can also tap in to the energy of that plant and the plant spirit and really see how it transforms your sipping experience when you connect intentionally to that in a potion. Mm. Um, but from more of a mixology standpoint, I did, you know, create a lavender infused honey um just honey has a really overpowering flavor so the ingredients that you work with it from a flavor perspective have to match that and so I probably if I put more lavender into the honey it'd be more pronounced but it didn't come out the way that I wanted so just using the fresh lavender um was how that worked out for me and then adding the honey muddling that you know together thinking of my intentions for spring because muddling is like breaking down you know and turning um and then it releases those beautiful floor as floral essences as as you're doing that um so yeah, there's just so many ways you can make a liqueur, you can make bitters, you can add the fresh ingredient, um, and just layer in all those little bits and pieces. I always love that about magic. For me, like, magic really is about the layering. Yeah, you know, it's like you, you set your attention and then you just layer in. Sometimes it's with correspondences, yeah. which very much works with like the herbs and the flowers that you're talking about, and then maybe bringing in some of the astrological, yes. um, celestial bodies and like layering that next thing, and then taking different types of action. It's this layering, 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 rather than just like that yeah. thing and like done. Yeah. So it creates a symphony, you know. <laughs> oh, I love that a symphony. Um, so. You mentioned then about you like you're muddling and you're saying your intentions yes. and you're bringing it all together. When you're doing 
maybe not mixology behind the bar or, may, or maybe yeah. so, but when you're doing like mixology for yourself and like more of a craft, yes. is there a kind of like ritual process that you could share with us that you may perhaps yeah. go through or sometimes on like when you're on your air quotes, best witch behavior, yeah. <laughs> like all oh, the ritual comes out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and so part of that too is the thing I love about bartending or mixology is that it's very physical. You know, you mm. think of like dancing and raising energy through dance, you know, bartending is that way for me. It's channeling the energy in my body. Maybe that also ties to the energy work aspect, you know, of just channeling that the energy, but, you know, basically I, I kind of have my recipe that I'm working with and I think of the intention and before I even start, you know, just kind of cleansing my energy, focusing my intention and kind of saying aloud, maybe my intention or affirmation. I'm calling upon, you know, in any spirits, um, which is a fun turn of word if you're doing alcohol, right? Um, and then, you know, you know, putting the ingredient one by one. So if I'm adding fresh ingredient, um, connecting to that before I put it in, smelling it, connecting to that plant mm. spirit and communicating about what this potion is for, putting it in. Then I'm going to add my sweetener, you know, um, and the sweetener, when you think of like sweetening magic, calling our desires to us or soothing things over that attraction element that witches tend to work with, you know, the effortlessness. And so thinking about that when I pour in the sweetener and then when I'm doing muddling, you know, cause you, you, you can use a wooden spoon or a traditional muddler um, for people who don't want to invest in mixology equipment, but pressing down and twisting and turning. So if I'm trying to kind of focusing on cleansing, I might, uh, press down and turn it counterclockwise to kind of like thinking of cleansing or moving or press down and turn clockwise if I'm bringing something in and kind of just visualizing, you know, those ingredients breaking down and mixing together into one special elixir or breaking down the barriers to my goal. And then I'll add in, you know, the citric acid, the citrus, so usually cleansing ingredient and imagine that cleansing and rejuvenating my energy and then adding, you know, the, the alcohols that I'm integrating as well. Um, and what are the base plant spirits involved in that alcohol? Um, and then, you know, shaking, shaking with ice, you know, putting in that intention as you're shaking and really putting that energy into that potion. And then you pour it out into the drink. and. And just the visual visualization of filling your cup, you know, mm. like that's creating that, that potion that we hear of, you know, in fantasy stories that all those pieces, all those you know layers come together and create this one beautiful mixture that's aligned towards an intention that's infused with magic. And you can really, really taste it, you know, because it's done intentionally, you've infused it with energy and the way the ingredients come together. And then sipping that and the fact that that goes through your body, you know, your, your stomach breaks it down and it's integrated into your cells. It's like becoming a vibrational match, um, for whatever it is that you're aiming for with that potion. Um, so I just love it. And, you know, I get, it's just so many different ways. And that's really where the creativity and uniqueness as witches or spiritual people comes in that you are, you know, making this recipe based off of what allies you're working with or want to work with and your flavor preferences. And there's just so many ways to integrate it. And like every drink is unique in that way. So how important is, this sounds quite random now, but how important yeah. to you is the glass? 
Oh, you know, so obviously when you're just starting out. The drinking vessel, yeah. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Um, When you're just starting out, you know, I think things give have as much importance really as we give them. Mm. Um, But I do think it is important further down the line just because I think that visual magic is a thing, right? When you you think of like people who are artists, you know, the representation and um, thinking about, it doesn't have to be like a super fancy glass. But even just the garnish that you put in it, because the garnish greets your nose when you sip, that's that aromatherapy. Um, and kind of you can use it as a perfume opportunity if you're going to add a floral ingredient or cleansing if you're using mint or rosemary or culinary sage. So it all comes together. And I also think sometimes when things like are in a, you know, a, a tall stemmed glass, it just adds that kind of, it makes you feel a little more fancy you know so even if that just adds a little touch you know and like wow you can really just this is a magical drink so it's not necessarily super important but you know even just going to a thrift store and grabbing some antique glasses and having that energy of like this is an old old glassware that people used before me and I don't know it's just that whole adds another layer of enchantment to it for me when I went to um, Bruges in Belgium, I love Bruges. It's one of my favourite cities. Yeah. Um, stunning. But every like every beer has its own glass. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I had I, I don't even drink nowadays, but I have such a cool glass collection because they're oh. different shapes, sizes, <laughs> heights, hand, handles. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I think there's something really, like you say, we give as much as intention as we want to it but when you've gone to all of that trouble to create something you probably yes. probably don't want to you know drink it out of a sippy cup <laughs> unless that you know unless that works for you and you're like I love yeah. this sippy cup this makes me feel yeah. magical um but yeah it's just like I don't know I think there's so many glasses around aren't they even like yeah. the colors as well yeah and you know maybe they've been gifts and that brings in a different element so um what what do you recommend for people then that don't drink? Can they still bring all of yeah. this herb energy, you know, all of that energy? And what do you recommend they use instead of like an alcohol as a base? Yeah. Yeah. And so there's actually two things. One thing I'd want to say, like, especially when it comes to certain types of alcoholism, from the mixology perspective, the glass does matter because that creates, that controls the way in which you experience the smell mm. um, or like for beer, the foam, um, and that contributes to flavor. But that's not the magical part. That's just like, you know. <laughs> it is a certain kind of magic though, isn't it? When you think of like yeah. a, how, how cauldron-like a traditional yes. brandy glass is. Yes. You know, oh my it's God. It's like very <laughs> round belly, isn't it? Like you say, because then you get the the yes. fragrance and everything too. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. So there is that layer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but going back, what did you? Oh, yes. So for people who aren't into drinking alcohol, um, there are so many facets of mixology that translate. For one thing, I will say that, um, you know, a lot of these these recipes utilize syrups um, mm. and lean on syrups and, you know, citrus. And so usually you can um, just take out the alcohol. And once you shake and strain or whatever drink you're making, you can top it with a soda, soda water, tonic water, ginger beer um, to replace that level of whatever the alcohol would contribute to the size of the drink, you mm-hmm. know? And then if you add ginger beer and it's like a really nice quality ginger beer, that gives an extra little kick of power. Um, but there's so many facets of mixology that apply without even that little uh, transition of like, creating a syrup a simple syrups behind the bar you have to like make things quickly you know you don't have time to pull out a hot plate and a 
a pan and cook up a big old fancy syrup. You literally just put on your hot tea kettle, you measure out the hot water and add an equal amount of um, sugar. And so you can use the hot water portion to make a tea. You can use your favorite tea. You can use lavender or chamomile, you know, and have this really magical syrup that you add into your tea, into your coffee, or into a delicious non-alcoholic drink. Um, You can also create shrubs. So shrubs are a mixture of vinegar, some kind of fresh ingredient, sugar, and a little bit of water, sometimes depending on the recipe you're working with. And they do take about, you know, like three weeks to make. But when you follow a recipe for making a shrub, they are so magical. They are wonderful for your gut health, you know, because it has that vinegar in there. Um, And, you know, people used it in the past to preserve um, you know, herbal medicinal properties mm. because the other they didn't have refrigeration, right? So it's such it's like shrubs. If you make a shrub, you can make the most beautiful mocktails or non-alcoholic drinks. They're super magical. They've got like, you know, the layers of the, whatever vinegar you choose to put in there, um, you know, the fruit or vegetable, the herbs, you know, you get it started on the stove, then take it off and add vinegar and let it kind of sit for three weeks. And you can add a little bit of soda water and have a beautiful cocktail or a beautiful non-alcoholic <laughs> cocktail, you know? Um, so there's so many layers of mixology that really do translate. It's just, you know, taking out the alcohol facet of that, but still incorporating that layers of what your fresh ingredient is. You know, what's your syrup? Are you incorporating a shrub? You know, what soda water or what citrus are you adding in there? Everything adds um, meaning and flavor and magic. Yeah, what we should say to people who are probably furiously trying to write notes is your books, which will be in the show <laughs> notes. <laughs> I'm just looking here at witchcraft cocktails, 70 seasonal drinks. So your books, yeah. <laughs> um, the witchcraft cocktails and the moon one, heavily packed, jam-packed, full of delicious recipes, as is your Instagram too. Again, link will be in the show notes. So (laughs) so don't worry, people, we have you covered. (laughs) If you're like, ooh, juicy. Um, (laughs) But it it has got me thinking again, because this conversation has come up twice in like two days. I'm like, "Mm, I think the universe is nudging me here. Um, I I can't drink kombucha. It makes me feel drunk. Okay, that's a little bit embarrassing to to admit, but I'm like, oh, fermented (laughs) makes me drunk. (laughs) Not like falling over drunk, but I'm like, oh, this my head feels a bit lightheaded now. But kefir doesn't. I used to make water kefir. And the stuff you're talking about, I'm like, oh my God, I bet that'd be amazing with water kefir because it's like got that fizzy. Word word to the wise people. um, I used to make loads of kefir, like mainly with like lemon and like Mm. raspberries and stuff like that. And it was amazing. Apart from if anyone's ever made it, it's a fermented drink. You put it in a bottle, you leave it, it like does all its thing. But I hadn't, they call it burping. I hadn't burped one of my bottles enough and it exploded. My glass (laughs) jar exploded all over the kitchen. And I was upstairs and I thought, what's Jay up to? He sounds like he's broken a glass. (laughs) And he came upstairs going, um, one of your creations has exploded all over the kitchen. Oh my God. Uh, Have you ever used any of like, like the liqueurs or the herbs with a water kefir you know it's so i'm gonna be honest that's not something at least in the parts of the u.s that i live in that we talk Mm. about but my family is from poland and whenever we go to poland like we would you know buy some of that from the store and stuff and i'm like you know what i hadn't really got a lovely fizz to it hasn't it Yeah. yeah yeah so i need to kind of um 
I've never tried yeah, making milk kefir, but that doesn't sound so good with the herbs. Yeah, but the yeah. one, I'm like, mm, that could really. I'll be, be nice. honest. That's the one that came to mind because I was like, my cousin like loves milk kefir. So when we would go like the Polish stores, and I would like, that. Yeah. I guess there's a water version. Yeah, but you can make that, so a water to... version, and it t- and it's just like well, the ones when I put lemon in it taste like lemonade. Yeah. I was going to say, it sounds delicious. Yeah, so I bet you could put all your, your bits and pieces in that, can you? Or top I it up with it. the, the kefir on top. Like, yeah. You're giving me ideas here. I need to... <laughs> that's the thing I love about, you know... I don't know. I totally miss my, you know, Poland because I have dual citizenship, dual citizenship and stuff. And just like the different ingredients mm. that they use overseas to the US, you know, it's like, I need to tap into that a little more. I love that. I'm going to have to create... Well, a friend of mine was laughing. You. Yes, please do. A friend of mine was laughing at me the other day. She's like, oh my God, you so have your moon in cancer, which yes, I do. Um, <laughs> because you get the kefir, they call, I think they call them grains, but it's just like, you know, I don't know, like jelly, little watery blobs. And that's what that's what creates the kefir. It ferments and it gives it the fizz. Yeah. They grow and expand. So you start off with a little bit and then you've got enough to make like gallons and gallons of stuff. And I could never throw mine away. I could never throw them down the sink because it's like, but they're alive. They're, yes. They're like, but you have too many. And I'm like, oh, but it seems like really cruel to be throwing these like alive things down the sink. And they're like, it's just a grain. And I'm like, but they're growing. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my yeah. God. But yeah, you do, you need to, so anyone that's ever going to make their own, it's like you only need a little bit to start because they do grow. But yeah, <laughs> um, my little boy used to love it. So um, yeah, it's like, so like I've talked about that twice in like two or three days now. I'm like, oh, I have to yeah. get water grains again. Clearly I need some Please. fermentation energy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love that idea of um, bringing that in. And I'd never really thought about shrubs before either. You yes. Them shrubs that, that was a vinegar-based thing. Did you have yeah. a favourite vinegar to use? Is there a particular vinegar that, I'm, I'm assuming it's probably not like your Sarsen's malt vinegar, but yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a better quality vinegar out there. Yeah, it really depends. Um, because the wonderful thing about vinegar too is that it all comes from you know plant matter right so do you want to use apple cider vinegar do you want to to use red wine vinegar you know and add that energy the grapes and the wine process and all that so um there's just so many you can i usually choose the vinegar i'm using based off of what shrub i'm making but just using what you have on hand you know um and so like there's this wonderful shrub oh my god i love it in moon magic mixology and it's like a balsamic moon shrub here, let me pull up the recipe and it uses like grapes. Um, and it's just like, I love working f- with it for the more intense energy of, of kind of the moon because it has this really embodied flavor. Hold on one second while I bring it up. Yeah. So it's, it uses honey as the sweetener. So not typical sugar. So also choosing your sweetener. There's so many mm. sugars now, like there's coconut sugar, you know, for people who I need to stay away from sugar, sugar, you know, there's replacements and stuff, from all kinds of different ingredients. Um, so it uses balsamic vinegar. It has honey, rosemary, red grapes. Um, and so it just goes, it's just this nice, dark, really luscious, but also just grounding and earthy shrub. And I love using it for kind of dealing with, you know, more intense energies um, and like Stormy Dark Moon was one of my cocktails in the book that uses that for tapping into kind of that dark moon um, phase, you know. So I shrubs have like so many ways to go and tapping into like what vinegar you have on hand or vinegar choosing it intentionally based off of what you're working with flavor wise and energy wise. 
So how else do you would you use a shrub that wasn't in like a, a cocktail or a mocktail? Is that any yeah. other ways that you use these? Yeah. Um, I mean, one thing I will say uh, that maybe is just more of the, the fun part of my job is I do a lot of recipe testing. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes things don't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or at least to me, you know, they don't turn out the way that I want. But creating a shrub is such a magical process um, that sometimes if things aren't working out to a way that I'm like, okay, the magic is here, but flavor wise, this can't be put in a book, you know? Um, So I, you know, I tend to check in with spirits or spirit guides or my ancestors and leave some of these things as offerings, you know? Mm. And then of course, especially like certain cocktails or like liqueurs I would make too, you know, like using a pumpkin spice liqueur, I was trying to work on, um, and, um, you know, using that for abundance and just the way, you know, my ancestors would just go down so quickly, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's magical and it has that energy. Um, but as far as shrubs go, because I think with, it has that sugary content, you know, it's like, it's really sticky. So mm. <laughs> it's got to always be kind of in a container. No, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. So how do you go about working with like the moon phases shall we say yes um do you create ones for the moon phases do you create them to draw in the energy of the moon phases or is it a bit of bit of both yeah i'm actually it's a bit of the phases but honestly a big thing is the what sign the moon is in Mm -hmm. um because that highlights you know the energy so basically um you know phase matters too but a big thing for me is looking at what sign the moon is in and i love creating potions for working with the moon because the moon controls the tides you know it creates the cycles of water you know on our earth and so drinking a liquid beverage whether it's just classic water or you know special non-alcoholic cocktail mocktail whatever it may be it's so magical when it's got those layers so i look at the ingredients for the moon i look at ingredients for the sign it's in and kind of consider what energy of this moon are we on a waning moon phase which you know we're focusing on releasing Um, or are we kind of on the waxing moon phase and bringing in and growing and strengthening and choosing the ingredients, you know, based off of all those things. And then this is just, again, a personal thing for posting, you know, online to share with people to use, you know, for themselves, have to test, you know, which ones are going to come together in a good way, obviously making sure they're edible, um, so, you know, it's a lot of testing there, but yeah, working with that lunar energy um and what sign the moon is in and and tapping into that uh it's it's such a beautiful way and so magical to connect that moon's energy through a libation you know especially when you're sitting down and thinking of what your magic is for the new moon or intentions what you're manifesting um and imbibing that energy and visualizing Mm. and sipping that into your life is just I love it it's my favorite thing (laughs) (laughs) so when you're saying working with I don't know Sagittarius random Mm -hmm. one that comes to my mind do you research kind of like the herbs and the plants associated with Sagittarius or do you think okay adventure big vision and then look at the herbs and the you know plants that are associated with the qualities of Sagittarius it's both. It's mm. both. And I will, and also part of that is because the edible facet like brings down 
your layers of you know how many options are actually available yeah 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 Yeah, I'm like especially like when you get into more of the outer planets you know like uh Pluto you got less ingredients available to you um so you have to be flexible there so it's it's kind of like like that whole symphony thing again right of like okay what ingredients that are edible you know connect to Sagittarius maybe we look at which ones are associated with Jupiter and then also looking at the energy of those ingredients and what they contribute or you know Sagittarius is a fire sign I'm kind of limited here in the energy I'm going for is there fire sign ingredients or fire ingredients that work too so it's just a combination of kind of mixing and matching and also seeing the way the ingredients talk to each other you know because some ingredients don't work flavor wise or magically, you know, and so finding the ones that really, when you add them in, create just a clear line of energy of this is what it's for. So, yeah, I'd love to know, actually, on that note, do you, what has been the one that has just like blown your senses and just been like, this is absolutely off the charts divine. And which one did you think was going to work? And you just went not in all that is holy. <laughs> is that ever coming yeah. near my lips or nose ever again? <laughs> you know, it's so funny because actually like this uh, last weekend, I was working on a recipe for the Witchology magazine summer. Um, and I had this vision in my mind and I'm still going to do this cocktail, but it's not going to come together in the way that I want it. Um, or thought it was anyway, I should say, maybe it'd be better, but I like was like an orange blossom, orange Mm. blossom cocktail. Cause they wanted like a floral theme. Um, and I was just like, I could just visualize and then, you know, I was going to include some aromatherapy, um, elements into that potion recipe. But you know, the way I wanted to kind of layer in is I was trying to get elderflower and ginger in there. And um, they just didn't want to work together, you know, in that recipe. And it was like so frustrating. I tried all these increments and I was like, you know what? This just isn't coming together. It's not the time for it. And so I had to pivot. um, And, you know, instead of doing elderflower, incorporating basil, um, I actually look up the recipe to be sure of what I ended up with, but it didn't come together in the way that I thought. Um, so that was kind of, you know, there's just sometimes they're like, this isn't happening. <laughs> we all have um, those days, I think, though, don't yes. we? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, the basil ended up being a missing piece there that just, mm. you know, really brought it all together. Um, so yeah. And, so, but ones that really, you asked me, uh, which ones that, that I really loved? Yeah. Um, I, I have so many favorite. I got like so many recipes across my books and, um, and whatnot. So <laughs> it's always hard to choose. Um, but you know, like on my blog, there's uh, a maple hazelnut old fashioned that I love. It's, it's actually a more of a simpler recipe. And I love it because it has that tree energy. It's got that, you know, nurturing, sweetening ingredients, you know, uh, it just comes together so beautifully, a harmony of like just tree magic, you know, mm-hmm. in there. Uh, but then there's also, you know, that's, that's an old fashioned. So that one has to kind of have alcohol in there, but because uh, <laughs> bourbon's infused, you know, with oak. So that's kind of another thing to think about when you use oh, bourbon, even as an barrels. offering. Yeah. 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 And any alcohol really that's aged is going to be yeah. an oak barrel. So that adds that layer um, in the grains and whatnot. But for like, even on my blog, most recently, I had this chamomile rose calming moon drink. And I usually have non-alcoholic and um, alcoholic versions on my blog. And I love that one. It has like this 
chamomile, rose tea, apple. And it was made originally just, you know, the moon, but also kind of the cancer moon. Mm. And specifically with tapping into that soul nurturing and soothing vibe, you know, because that cancer moon was particularly feeling like kind of a nurturing the self, you know, that soothing, comforting energy. And so that cocktail just like so magical and delicious. Uh, So that was like one that just more recently off the top of my head, I'm like, it's beautiful. And it's it's not super complicated either, you know, just requires a couple extra steps. So what are your, what's always in your cupboards at home? What are your staple ingredients yeah. as a mixologist, as a like a witch mixer? Um, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are your staples? Yeah, you know, it's so funny that you asked that because I'm in a state right now where uh, just having moved, I got to tell you, like moving with as many alcohol bottles as I had, it's just, <laughs> it's just not the ready, you know, and yes. it had... And so like before we moved, like when we knew we were moving, you know, trying to get rid of some alcohol, um, you know, whether it was sharing it with people or putting it to use in some kind of other way or deciding not to bring it um, and using it as an offering. So I will say like my I'm, I'm regrowing my alcohol right now for that purpose. Um, oh, but that must you know, have been quite a good like actually what is essential though? Yeah, you know, it's yeah. like what are my core staples that are that I am willing to lug across the state yes. lines? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I even talk about like when I moved from Arizona or from California to Arizona. Yeah, that was. <laughs> um, it's because one of the bottles broke along the way too. It was like this passion fruit liqueur, and I was like, oh, oh no. I barely used, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but the staples definitely. I mean, you've got your your main alcohols, right? You've got your your whiskey, um, gin vodkas uh rum tequila um as f- I, gin is a, a go-to for me because it has that juniper requirement in there so whether i'm using that as an alcohol to preserve a mist that i'm creating for cleansing purposes or putting into a, you know cleansing cocktail i gin is one of those ones that i use a lot um also you know an orange liqueur of some kind because there's just like a little touch of orange flavor just brings that joy you know even if mm. you're doing a non-alcoholic cocktail using the orange peel to bring in those oils in there it just lifts up the energy of a drink um rose water is a great one because it's a great way to just a few drops of rose water and it brings in a subtle floral element into any cocktail. So it's great for working in that. Um, those would probably be the keys. And then everything else you you build up from there, you know, violet liqueur. I love violet liqueur. People who love their aviations. Um, and on ingredient wise, an essential one that I always have is butterfly pea flower. That's that one that when you oh, put into a tea, it, yeah, it changes color upon contact with acid. Um, oh. Yeah, you probably people tend to see it, but you can make it into a tea, put the tea into like ice cubes or put it into like a lemonade, create a syrup. Um, and first of all, butterfly pea flower, you know, pea flowers tend to be associated with Venus. So that feminine spiritual um, energy, but with that transformation of when you add an acid and when you think of the acid being the cleansing part, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a lemon or a lime and you're squeezing it, like I'm cleansing away um, and, you know, adding in some of that rejuvenation and it changes the color of your drink 
And it's just like, you see that the visual magic. representation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just one that I feel all ingredients add magic. You know, all of them have that energy, but that is one that really, you can see the visual representation and it's always a must for me to have. Yeah. Stunning. So where would you recommend people start their own explorations of all things magical and mixology yeah so I have two main starting ingredients which is one take whatever your favorite drink is um and you know even if it's like an iced tea or something you make at home and pick an herbal ingredient you can use it fresh or maybe even spices a certain spice um just play with what you already have or what you already have accessible to you or what you're drawn to and incorporate it you know, fresh, or you can try making a syrup with it, a simple syrup. So again, just making your a tea with it and adding an equal amount of sugar. And then you've got, you can use it for weeks. And if you want to make it on a certain moon or moon phase, or with, you know, the tea part, you can charge out in the sun. If it's, you know, the sunlight's pretty good there, make a sun tea that way and then add the sugar. Um, so just those small little minor things, because when you add that fresh ingredient or you add that magically made syrup, um, it's a great way to start that journey and then kind of notice the way that it changes the experience of whatever you're drinking. If you're adding it to your morning tea, you know, that you go and meditate with, um, and just having that extra intention, it's a really simple way to start. And then when you get more complicated, you can make a fancy cocktail. You can infuse vodka with orange peel and, you know, add in, you know, ginger liqueur, um, and lemon juice and fresh ingredients. You can add all the layers you want there. The simplest way to start is with the syrup and a fresh ingredient. Yeah. Okay. Then, so my favorite drink, this is how absolutely rock and roll I am doing nothing for mystery cred <laughs> is nettle tea. I drink nettle tea <gasps> all day. Um, that's the only, that's the main tea that I drink. I don't that drink magic already tea. though. I know. I even like, I saw my garden. I was like, oh, there's some nettles over there. I should cut them back. And wow, I was like, you're beautiful. joking. It's the perfect time for, to, to get the nettle, yes. to get, like fresh nettle tea. Where, where, what would you recommend doing with nettle tea to make it a bit, yeah. to add the layers in? Yeah. I'm actually turning it into a syrup, you know? Um, so because especially if you about nettle syrup. Yeah. It's delicious. Actually, in witchcraft cocktails, there's a nettle hyssop syrup um that I put in there and that is specifically for kind of that that cleansing protection obviously nettle is a wonderful adaptogen mm. but specifically for uncrossing energy especially like with spell work you know I always find it's great to start with a little bit of like cleansing or uncrossing before you do any spell you know um or just even cleansing the day away and so creating a syrup and combining it like I said with something like hyssop or rosemary um Ooh, rosemary I've got that in you my know garden. yeah mm. yeah and then you know friends come over and you have a you know a little mocktail with that in there lime the little squeeze of lime and squeezing that with intention in there uh for cleansing away and hexing all that so that's just a, I think a great way to kind of incorporate that pretty easily but you're yeah. already, drink, already drinking the tea is magical you know what I mean <laughs> I do I love nettle tea it's yeah. so I, I obviously need it but yeah I like the idea of like <laughs> I will try the syrup actually because I, I don't yeah Oh, I don't usually eat syrup, like have syrups, but I like the idea of the rosemary and the yes, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that cleansing because it's the perfect time to probably make it now as well, isn't it? If you're yeah. doing it for the cleansing, it's like, well, you'd want to make it in well 
just about when spring still but you know you would want to make it in that spring energy yeah so tell everyone where they can come and find you all of your delicious recipes all of the books all of the things that you have coming up obviously everything will be in the show notes people so one click yeah access everything but where would you recommend people start who are like oh this sounds interesting who maybe got a bit of kitchen witchery going on and are ready to take it to the next level (laughs) Yeah, so this place really to go is witchcraftcocktails.com. Um, and also because like, you know, on social media these days, I'm sure you've experienced, I'm sure everyone's experienced at this point. There's all these like imposter and scam accounts. Oh I'd so, yeah. Like, why would you even want to like be an imposter of me? And yet there they are. And it's like, really people? They want to be imposter <laughs> of you. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, oh, go. No, just don't. And I just have to say, while you're talking about witchcraft cocktails, I know that you're talking about um, your website, but the book is absolutely stunning. Obviously, people can't see because I'm holding it in my hand (laughs) and this is only an audio. But like the pictures in there are just beautiful with all the different ingredients and all the different like all the different glasses and not just glasses. I've just opened one. Uncrossing mint julep. Yeah, that's like a... Uh, oh look you've added crystals to this one shungite and is served it looks like it's in a copper vessel this one yes yes and adding that magic of that that glass where the copper in there anyway i I love it i love that so i just saw this one here with the crystals and so are you just like putting the crystals round the outside vinegars or the actual drink or what's going on there so obviously some crystals are toxic, right? So especially yes, just a flat, yeah, <laughs> as a, exactly. As a flat line for that book, we don't have anyone putting any stones in the drink, but just yeah. holding them. It's just to add another layer of magic, you know, because Shungite has that, that kind of filtering energy mm. for, you know, for protection and cleansing and, you know, for people who do the EMF stuff, you know, so, um, you know, holding it as you sip to add another layer of energy. They're just kind of yeah. suggestions of if you want to complement it with something else. Selenite would also be a good one for that. You know, waving a wand of selenite through your yeah, aura. Definitely don't put that uh, in anything. Anything with the ice yes. on the end, people, is toxic. Do not add to your water. Not even your yeah, bath yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so most definitely. But that's that actually that recipe is the one that uses the nettle hyssop syrup. But I was thinking mm. when you're talking about it earlier, I was like, you know, if you're doing nettle with rosemary, and like you could also for the syrup, you can the sugar can be honey. So I just wonder how that would taste as a nettle honey rosemary syrup. Anyway, <laughs> that's quite nice, you know. I might have to experiment. Because yeah. where I am, we get so many amazing honeys, like right through from the thick honeys that, you know, oh, you yes. have to spread right through yeah. to one of my favorite. Oh my God, it was the most divine honey. And it was a runny white honey, but it was made from oh, wow. rapeseed, you know, that yellow flower. And oh my god, no, I it is divine. I it's oh it's called god. rapeseed over here. I think it, it must have another name as well. Um, but it's like really tall, yellow, spindly yeah. flowers, and it's used as an oil, I think, a lot of the time. Wow. But the honey from that is white. And it's I have to look just that up. stunning. Yeah, absolutely delicious. But anyway, oh. we have lots and lots of like different types of honey around here it's amazing the colors and the, like yes. you can say like the heather honey which has got like it's a clear honey but totally different flavors to well the different just the different yeah. honeys the wildflower honeys the thick honeys yes. the crystallized honeys yeah we're very lucky we're here mm. different and even like because like i used to you know live where we had uh you know uh we had beehives yeah and like you know just the magic of bees like even every single 
ingredient is so magical on its own, especially like when you witness that all the bees getting ready to leave the hive and they're really peaceful at that time and just the buzzing in the air, you know, of them and the, the harmony and the muse. Anyway, I'm super nervous, yeah. but I just, it's so magical. And then you add in like what flower they're taking the nectar from, you know, um, so much, such a beautiful thing. Sorry, people, we were letting you know yeah. where to come and find more information. <laughs> Highly recommend Witchcraft Cocktails, the book, yeah. but also witchcraftcocktails.com yes. for, to find you. And where do you re- everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and where do you recommend people start on their journey? Just to yeah. pick their favourite drink, experiment, or yeah. is there a recipe that you recommend from either that book or the moon book that's a, just a really good introduction one? Oh, that's a good question. Definitely um, going to my, my blog. There's a lot of recipes there. So you can pick and choose what is more accessible to you. Um, oh, God. Like, I suppose you know another what? way of looking. Oh, sorry, go on. Oh, <laughs> no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. And I was going to say, I suppose another way of looking at it would be like if you're working on a particular thing, yes. like maybe you have a challenge in your life or maybe you want to attract more in to work it that way. And go, yeah. oh, actually, this is what I'm working on. Let's add another layer of yes. magic to my intentions and my manifestation and my spells. Doing your spells, sipping your mocktail, cocktail, um, just yeah. to bring in a, a little bit extra. That might be a fun way to do it. Yeah, most that looks like the perfect way to do it, too, because there's so much to choose from. And if you know what might help you or like what intention you're working on, that adds another layer. Mm. But on that subject, I was actually going to say the Mercurial Grounding Elixir from Witchcraft Cocktails. Um, I originally had a non-alcoholic version of that. So I'll have to publish that online if I can find where it was. But it uses a lavender chamomile syrup, you know, so if you have chamomile mm. tea, if you have dried lavender, you know, and then you have fresh mint. I mean... And then this one uses gin and tonic water, but you know, if you don't want to use gin, it's really simple and it's perfect. Like I made it specifically for dealing with mercury retrograde. So uh, it's, it's just perfect for this time that we're in right now. Okay. So why did you choose those ingredients for mercury retrograde? Yeah. So that recipe actually came from before, uh, you know, my book and I was working as a bartender and there was like this big uh, conference on the West Coast for pagans and witches. And this event, just from my own experience, tended to have a lot of different energy in there. Mm. You know, people would get like really loopy. But then at the same time, it was also murky retrograde. And so I was bartending for um, a coven for their suite. And I wanted to create a recipe that would help, you know, with the effects, but also ground people lightly, right? Because like mm. the whole purpose of being a conference is to experience kind of that energy, but you don't want to, so you don't want to be like really heavy, you know, uh, in terms of, of grounded, but you, you do want to be grounded. So I put together, you know, the recipe with the juniper aspect. Um, in some situations, juniper is associated with the element of air, which is, you know, the planet Mercury. Lavender is associated with Mercury and also is calming. Chamomile has that calming element, really good for communication, mm. right? And then, you know, if we're able to add specifically peppermint, peppermint associated with the planet Mercury. And all of these ingredients are for cleansing and clearing the mind and clear communication and just kind of a light cleansing and, but still attuning to that spiritual energy because juniper is really great for cleansing, but also kind of still tuning into your higher self. Um, so I kind of wanted that that mixture of a nice light grounding, but communicate clearly, think clearly, you know, and have that peaceful 
smooth smooth things out you know I love that the idea of going to a conference that's peaceful and smooth yeah <laughs> it's like yes. yes when we're bringing huge groups of people together <laughs> peaceful harmony feels like a very very good thing so what's next for you is there any sneak yeah. peeks about what's coming up obviously you've got two mocktail books you've got your witch your modern witchcraft book of astrology anything exciting coming up in the future that you're working on I- Yes, but it's too early to speak. I know uh, last time that we talked, I said the same thing. Now there's actually stuff in the works, but I just have to wait till I Fantastic. sign the dotted line. Yeah. Possibly, possibly two things at once. So fingers Brilliant. crossed. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot more. More um, along and- this energy of witchcraft, mixology, astrology, or something completely different? Uh, definitely related to both sides of what I've done on yeah. the magic, but also on the on the drink recipe side. Fantastic! So. Well, we look forward to hearing. Yeah, when you can share more. <laughs> so, thank you so much for thank sharing you. us and being so tasty. <laughs> I'm looking forward to trying my nettles and rosemary now. I'll have to yes. how that goes. So, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you.